Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, or Vibing Through the Book, 10 Minutes at a Time. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and in today's episode, we're talking about that time in the Bible where Esau gets hangry and trades his birthright for some stew. If you're what are we talking about? Genesis chapter 25, verses 29 to 34. My guest today is Pastor Ben Williams. Ben, it is good to be hanging out with you. Um, in other contexts, you would be called power sauce, and you. Uh, this is something that we stumbled across in the last uh, last week or two, or something like that. I was sharing my screen with you not too long ago, and uh, you came upon a an icon that was on my desktop, a giant L, and the L was done in such a way that you recognized it's a video game that apparently you and I both play together, or both play called League of Legends. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been playing together, and it's been quite some fun. And your name. Yeah. Is power yeah. sauce. What was it like? Lat we played like yesterday evening, and there were six pastors. We were all playing. that was, it was so great. Fun. <laughs> great. It is we'll not have to do I, an episode the- of the move while playing. While playing, sometimes. yeah. Should we do that with all the sound effects in the background? Well, anyways, <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. if you guys happen to play uh, League of Legends as well, and you're a, a listener of the move hit us up on the League clients and maybe we'll get to play. Anyways, let's talk about today's episode. Today is one of the stories that I have absolutely heard before growing up in the church context. This is one of those stories, you know, I think you and I were talking about in previous episodes, how sometimes we come across these like little details, like where in the world did this come from? Why have I never heard of this? This is not one of those. This is absolutely one of those stories that I think most kids have heard growing up. And uh, the idea of a birthright is something that... Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's outdated. I, I don't know. In Western, con- I, I guess I, I'll have to ask my dad. Um, it, it do, is there something that's going to happen with birthrights and inheritance and all that kind of stuff? I found out through uh, Jonathan's presentations when he talks about uh, birthrights. He, he has like kind of a passing comment. Something I did not realize that is that the firstborn child, firstborn son. I don't know if it's child, but firstborn son, uh, son gets a double. Son. 
It's definitely the son. Okay, so it's not. Yeah, the, yeah, oh, man, yeah. Girls are kind of. They're like, man, eh, you'll find a husband. He'll have his own birthright. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in these times when a father would pass, uh, the the sons would divide up the estates and get different levels of uh, income and land and livestock. But the firstborn son got a double portion, and so I might have to advocate uh, when uh, my dad is looking at his will. Like, hey, you won't do the biblical approach, you know, because I'm the firstborn. <laughs> out of the out of the, my family so anyways i don't know birthrights are something that's not super common i think or it's maybe outdated but it's apparently uh so one of those practices that happened in those times which is super interesting because why would you give that up so quickly i guess is the major question i have when i read this passage yeah and and something that's interesting is that yes it's monetary so like you get Let's say there's two brothers, like in this case, Esau would get two thirds, Jacob would get one third. But right. also there's a another thing that comes with it, especially within the household of believers, is that the firstborn is kind of the spiritual head or the spiritual priest of the family, oh. if you will. And so there's there's this there's this interesting thing to me at least, where Jacob seems, yes, like he probably wants the double portion. Like, why would you not? But he wants it, the money. He wants he the wants land. The he money. wants the yeah. goats. <laughs> yeah, nobody who wants who wants one goat if you could have two goats, am I right? Right. But I think exactly. it's it, it seems like there's also a desire in his heart to have this special spiritual connection or this special spiritual um hmm. status or leadership. Because later on we're going to see, sorry, this is a spoiler. Eventually Jacob's going to kind of like steal it and he's going to run away. And if you think right. about it, what would be the purpose of stealing the monetary birthright if you are now going to flee and not live at home anymore? Oh, because the consequence is, yeah, technically you got the stuff, but now you have to run away because you're afraid of dying and you leave the stuff behind. So the only thing that yeah. he actually ended up with was this kind of spiritual or, or ethereal type of mm-hmm. blessing. It wasn't the monetary blessing yeah it wasn't as much the blessing of like my dad has 19 cows and i want more of them but it's more of wow this is the divine spiritual blessing that my family actually has and i want that for me i was not expecting that i actually i i kind of read it from the opposite perspective where you know jacob is the you know this deceitful person he just wants the money it's just all kind of a monetary grab and so he's willing to kind of you know mess over his brother but that makes a lot more sense because, yeah, you're right. He doesn't end up keeping the stuff, at least at that stage of the journey. He he had to have been after the spiritual component instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even in even in later passages, we're gonna see like Jacob comes and gives Esau stuff. He doesn't he doesn't come back later and say, "Hey, give me my two thirds, But he actually comes back and says, "Let me give you even more on top of your on top of your inheritance." Um, there's hmm. also there's also an interesting piece here where it says. Um, let's see. Esau says, I'm about to die. What is the birthright to me? And he swears. And then Jacob got, gave him the bread. Um, and then the very last sentence, thus Esau despised his birthright. Now it's, it's, yeah, he's, yeah. And how, how would this make sense? Like Esau despises getting two thirds of the property instead of one third. It's like, no, but Esau actually despises something about it. And it, you can kind of, you can kind of sense this, um, in just learning about Jacob and Esau. And I, I mean, this is, this is, this is me, you know, reading into it, kind of just thinking about it is Esau is more of a, seems to be more of like a free spirit. Like I'm a hunter, I'm out mm. in the wilderness, like I'm doing my thing. But then the Bible describes Probably Jacob wears a lot as, of flannel. Yeah. wears a lot of flannel. <laughs> 
And Jacob kind of stays at home. His mom really likes him. He takes care of the home. He stays close to home. And at some level, you can see this, this dichotomy of a free spirit versus someone who's, who wants to take care of the family, wants to be there. Mm. And so then there, it, it would make sense that Esau would despise this sense of the birthright. Like, I don't want to be tied down with this responsibility and even spiritual oh. responsibility. Like, I want to do my own thing. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to live. And wow. so then this is where... I mean, I think some people have been like, you know, well, Esau, he traded and he, did, he didn't know how much his birthright was worth. But I would say, I think Esau knows how much his birthright is is worth, mm. but he doesn't really want it. Like he, it's not like, I don't, it doesn't even seem like Esau here is actually deceived. Like, mm. because the point of this story, I think, is to show that Esau doesn't want this responsibility. Because wow. if he was deceived, then why would it say that he despised his birthright? But it's right, actually right, it's, right. it's something else that's happening here, and this is where too in the beginning of um, of this story of Jacob and Esau, God says, "Listen, the younger or the older is going to serve the younger," hmm. and it doesn't seem like God is predestining them to be this weird dynamic, but it's actually God foreknowing what they're going to be like. Like it, He's foreknowing that Jacob is going to have this sense of desire for this leaders, this spiritual leadership of the household. Like he's going to desire this. And it's not as much that God is like, mm, I'm going to just make Esau not as good as Jacob, but he knows that Jacob is going to be the one that actually wants this relationship, that wants that hmm. wants to lead the family in this spiritual direction. So, Okay, so this is super interesting. The idea that Esau would despise the birthright. I'm trying to understand. Okay, it, it, I get that he doesn't want maybe the spiritual aspect of it and mm-hmm. or maybe the leadership aspect. He just wants to be out in the fields. He wants to be hunting. Maybe he wants to just take care of himself. He wants that freedom and independence. Is there is there more to the birthright given the fact that like their, their lineage is through Abraham, like this idea that, you know, there's going to be some major promise or blessing through this lineage is it more than just like okay you're supposed to be responsible you take care of our our whole family you become the next patriarch is it is there more to it is there kind of an implied responsibility given the fact that god has made a covenant with abraham yeah definitely because i mean abraham all of them know that through their line the whole world is going to be blessed and with that like yeah there's definitely responsibility to that um Hmm. and i think yeah, like it, it's it's an interesting thing to me here because when I was younger and I read this, I was always so confused on like why why did God yeah. like hate Esau? Like oh. why did he say why did he from the beginning just like yo this guy's not as good like this guy's not like he's gonna serve his his son or his 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 younger brother, but then it comes on and it actually seems like it's it's more of those who desire to be used by God will be used and those who do not desire wow. to be used will not be used. And so some people, I think that there's times where people can get caught up in this too and be like, well, God's not using me. God's not, you know, he, he, he blesses others, but he doesn't bless me. He gives other people opportunity, but not me. But I think that there's a lot to be said about God actually wants to use everyone. And Mm. yet only those who are open to it are going to be used. Like the point where Esau literally sells it for a, a bowl of soup and Jacob for his whole life is trying to get this like relationship, this, this status with God. And it doesn't, hmm. it doesn't show that God somehow predestined Esau to be less than, but actually just that Jacob actually valued it and he wanted it and he was willing and he was open. Wow. I, I love that point. I, I, if this is the way that God works, I, I kind of like it in the sense that like, if you want to be used by God, God will work through you. I, I love yeah. that kind of idea because because I think about my life and, and that was absolutely, I mean, I feel like this is absolutely 
you know, a, a version of my story where it's like, you know what, God, I finally came a point. There was finally a point in my life where I was like, you know what, I'm tired of doing it my own way. I want to just, I want to be sold out for you. I want to be used by you. And I didn't always know what that looked like or how it would manifest. But I look back on, you know, the how many years now, 15 plus years that I've been uh, kind of a follower of Christ that, that I have seen God's uh, work at hand in in honoring that simple kind of heart posture of God. I'm here for you. I want to be used by you in whatever capacity. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's it's a hard uh, <laughs> or it's I guess it's an interesting dichotomy because here clearly we see that like yes, Jacob has a good heart for he wants to serve God, but also he's about right. to deceive his whole family. Yeah, and everybody. And that's the question, and, right? Is is yeah. was he wrong? Is do, do you fault Jacob in this moment? I think in this moment, I don't know, because it's not like, I don't know. I've always heard this story is like Jacob like swindles his brother, but I, right. I mean, he literally is just like, I have this bowl of soup. Give me this thing. And Esau's like, yeah, okay, deal. <laughs> and so like, did he swindle him or did Esau just like choose? I think later on, we're going to see like, he definitely deceived some people. <laughs> he definitely right. lies. Yeah. And that's so tough. maybe in this one, he's in the clear, but future stories like not so good. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you think about it, even here, it's, it's just interesting because it says Esau comes in from the field and he sees mm -hmm. Jacob and Jacob, as we know, likes to hang around the house. He likes to garden. He likes to do his thing near the home. So when he gets there and he sees the soup, it's not like he's actually going to die if he doesn't get the soup. Like he could probably right. walk another, like, let's say, even if it's just like a mile, he could walk another mile and get some more food. Right, but it's right. and so I, to me, I don't know. Maybe there's scholars that would say I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem like Esau's actually swindled here. But it actually shows his his heart posture towards the birthright. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so I'm curious if I read into this a little bit too much, but but I'm trying to do this more as a practice as as I'm thinking about these passages because so much of what, what I'm seeing as we're moving through Genesis is that every single little thing seems to be very intentional and it all seems to have its fulfillment in Jesus. And so I'm like, I was asking myself and maybe I'm overreading into this. I don't know. Um, but I was thinking like, how does this reveal what Jesus has done before for us? But I think about like firstborn, the kind of first representative of the family screws things up, doesn't want it. And then the second one steps in and does it. And I think about how, uh, you know, at least with those of you guys who are exposed to like the whole love reality kind of, we, we tra trade off what Paul does, the Adam one and Adam two kind of concept as like one of those foundational principles. Is there an element of Adam one, Adam two here in this story you think? Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great connection. And I even just think of, I don't know, like if, if you were to tell me that everything is on me, like the birthright is mine and I'm about to have to like be some sort of, I don't know, patron of, of, of Christianity or patron of, of humanity. Like I would not hmm. be interested in that. <laughs> I would be kind of stressful. Like, yeah, like it's stressful. It's like a lot on my shoulders. Like you're going to have to suffer a lot. And I think hmm. there's a beauty in that. Jesus was like, Hey, like I'll be that person. Like I will hmm. be now the representative for humanity. Because where Adam fell, where we fall, Jesus says, actually, like, I'll take over. I'll be the one mm. that steps in. I'll be the, the firstborn son of the birthright who will carry the spiritual lineage and be the blessing to the family. Like, I'll do that for the family of humanity. Verse 34 says that Jacob gives Esau bread. Like, the way that this kind of transaction from, from firstborn to secondborn, this spiritual birthright, this privilege, but also this responsibility of representing the family 
is when he offers up bread, when he breaks bread and it's given to the other person. Hmm. And to me, I'm just hearing echoes of that last supper where Jesus is like, yo, this is my body and I break Hmm. it and I give it to you. And that's when he assumes the mantle of representing all those who would come uh, behind him. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I think it's, I mean, it's, it's beautiful that even when Esau despises the birthright and he's like, nah, man, I'm not trying to be the representative for this family. Like Jacob then still takes him under his wing. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I think of like what you're saying, like Jesus turns around to us and says, listen, I know you didn't want to do it. I know you couldn't have done it, Mm -hmm. but now like partake in my flesh, partake in my, my sustenance, even though, yes, I'm your representative and I took care of everything. Let me now also sustain you day to day. What's up, guys? Some of you have probably been listening to our podcast and heard us um, talk about different different themes about Jesus's love, different themes about Jesus's love, just taking care of everything, freeing us from sin, um, being the once and for all sacrifice, whatever it may be. Maybe it's touched your heart. Maybe it's also confused you a little bit. And you've been listening over and there's another guy doing the move called Jonathan Leonardo. Justin, you guys did first season one and two with, with uh, just Jonathan, right? Yeah, we did season one all the way through the Book of Romans, which was yeah. fascinating. And then season two was about three quarters of the way through the Book of John. And then COVID kind of interrupted all of that. And we literally never finished the season. Ah, that makes sense. Well, something that you guys talked about, I remember listening to the move season one is freedom from sin, which is Jonathan Leonardo's bread and butter. That's what he loves to talk about. He's been for years just traveling around talking about it. And he has now written a book. Three free from sin this is a book if, that if you're listening if you're listening yeah. to the audio only he's holding up by his face like it like he's an elephant with you know giant <laughs> ears but the books are his ears <laughs> yeah and it's it, it's a great book it goes through what does it mean to be free from sin how does that actually affect your life is it just something weird that god said and he's hopeful for the future or is it actually a reality that we get to live in right now that actually impacts everything and this book talks about it this book explains to you why it actually matters that Jesus died, that he raised again, and that we are now free from sin. And so if you have questions about that, or if you're just interested in what that means, please pick up this book. It's available on Amazon, I think for around $10 or the Kindle yeah. version's like $7, something like that. No, no, no. The Kindle version is now 99 cents. The Kindle? Nine? Okay. Okay. I was going to say you, sh- you, you should go pick it up, but now you have to. If it's 99 <laughs> cents, I'll, yeah, if you need deal. money, just text me and I'll Venmo you 99 cents. That's, to what, that's what I said. I said <laughs> yeah. on the last time we talked about the book, I was like, guys, like real talk. If any of you are in one of those positions and no, no shame if you are. Like I remember being one of those poor starving college students, you know, for many years. If that's you, hit me up. I'll send you some money. Grab the book because like let's let's just, real talk like that book or not the book, but the things that are talked about in this book. Mm-hmm changed my life for the better and i would love for for each of you guys who are listening if you haven't yet experienced this to be able to be exposed to it because it's it's some good good yeah same here so you've heard it here 50 cents from me 50 cents from justin you'll get the book <laughs> what's, It'll be great. what's your what's your venmo so that way uh, people if they're serious on taking up this offer that they'll hit you up and be like yo send me send me 99 cents for the book let me <laughs> Let me look. I don't even know. I don't know if I've ever looked at what my Venmo is. My Venmo is Ben-Williams-204. Oh, my Venmo's right. not signed in. It's okay. Just Venmo me. Uh, I'll do, Justin I'll do will Venmo me. 
No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I want to put mine out there too, so that way I can be a part of the fun. And if you prefer to not use Venmo, but you use Cash App like boomers like myself, uh, my my handle is the dollar sign J K J K H O E. So two offers on us getting you the Kindle version of the book. Check it out if you want. If you are in a better position and you're just like, nah, I don't need your help. I'm going to get the book for myself because I'm a strong, independent person. You can do so. The link will be below the show or in the show notes and uh, you can check it out right there. <laughs> 